Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. As always, not as always, as sometimes, as was the beginning of the Bearcat Bounce Podcast, a special Sunday edition. That's right, the day before Season 2, Episode 1 of West Miller and the Bearcats at Fifth Arena Sunday. Yes, that's right, day after Yet another victory, yet again a victory, possibly, hopefully, last victory against a triple option team. Please and thank you. And then, of course, that's right, day of the hashtag Bearcats in the NFL domination yet again Sunday. That's right. We're here. The BBP Sunday edition. That's what I'm bringing my three guys, my pals, my buddies. Hey guys, happy Sunday night. Things are a little different on Sundays. So that's none other than Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gents, how are we? Pretty good Sunday. Pretty good Sunday. Yeah. Who day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing yeah. good. Just recovering from a nice long weekend. Yeah. Were, if you got were, were you there? Some, or no, I was. Earlier? I I uh, couldn't get my hand on some tickets, so I just watched it at uh, age. Well, watched it on my phone at Adriatico's because <laughs> the. I mean, how do you not have ESPNU to watch the Bearcats game? Wait a minute, so, really? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I you know I was shouting them out last week. I said, yeah, they're my favorite restaurant on campus right now. A critical error, not even having the Bearcats game on, killed my phone battery. So. Ended up watching the second half of Max. We did. After we ate, we bounced. So, yeah, I was gonna say you could you could probably head over to Danco Joe, Danco Transmission Auto Care. They probably got it on in TV in the back. <laughs> I texted Danco. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get some work done on mine. Get a little oil change action. Okay. I texted the man. If you're watching Danco, I'd love a reply. That'd Actually, <laughs> gosh, this is smart because I. A lot of action going on this week and you know in the Bearcat world. Obviously basketball firing up. We'll talk a lot about that a little bit later in the pod. Uh, but yeah, I've got a little uh little issue with my car. Literally, I'm I'm staying the night Thursday night, gonna work all day from Cincy on Friday and go to the game Friday night. I I'm gonna have to swing over to uh Danco Transmission, get him get him to check it out for me. Wow. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you. That's, that's much needed. But uh yeah, who day indeed if you played against Joe Mixon. And fantasy, I feel bad for you. Uh, but, man, Bearcats in the NFL. Aaron, you've been quick with the uh, Twitter fingers today because there's been a lot a lot of things going on, especially uh, Mr. Sauce Gardner. Man, ooh, he is he is phenomenal. But uh, without further ado, one last shout-out, Danco Joe, Danco Transmission, Auto Care. Head over there, get $10 off an oil change, 10% off your next fixing. Uh, just mention S. Mention anyone. Mention the Bearcats, and he'll hook it up. But – as always, we got to start with the win. It's it's good to get back in the win column and good to hopefully say this is the last time we'll be talking about a game following just another just, you know, slog. I think that's what Dave called it this morning. Slog's the perfect word for it. 20 to 10 over Navy, over that triple option, and I am over these games. Uh, gentlemen. Just initial thoughts, initial reactions. Obviously, day after, it's a little bit more fresh in the brains. Um, Ryan, we'll start with you, man. Uh, the triple option. I, obviously, there's 
there's some there's some love to it. There's some you know affection and admiration for it. If you're an outsider looking in, just the physicality and the uh, throwback style of approach. But man, sometimes watching those games, you know, you want to pull your hair out and you want to get a get a little frustrated. But it's a good good win, 2010. Yeah, um, if you just look at this, the total, I mean, we held them to under 200 rushing yards, and that's their whole attack basically. So I was pleased with the defensive uh, performance. I thought the D line played the triple really well. They were really disruptive. Uh, and it, you know, you see Corleone doing his thing. I loved what I saw out of Eric Phillips. Um, I thought he crashed down hard and played really well. Um, defense, like the secondary, it's kind of like a fluke thing. It's like you're expected to not give up a catch like the whole game. And that's, you know, our guys are way more talented and, and better than their receivers. So I was a little shocked to see them complete a couple balls, that big one downfield. Um, but other than that, overall, overall impressed with the, with the D. Um, Credit offense. to them on that, though. That that yeah. kid threw two really – like the defense was there. Yeah. He threw two yeah. really nice passes. Yeah, yeah, that was. Good catch, too. I mean, yeah. that was like right on his hip, just perfect ball placement. Um, oh, I mean, you got your – you got Ben Bryant. You got the, the consistent Ben Bryant that we've had all year. Um, just solid day. Um, didn't, like, make any mistakes, really. Didn't, like – do anything super crazy, but you know, just solid performance from him. I liked what I saw. Kind of step back in from uh, what was that? You know, some people said he had a rocky game last game. Um, still, I th- still not even 100 yards rushing out of the O. Still kind of letting up pressure on blitzes. Um, and this is a Navy team, not very talented, not very impressive on defense. You know, I was expecting a lot more from the O. So it's a triple option game. You got in, got out. Let's get Let's move on and keep winning seasons in our hands. Aaron rocking the, uh, the old Bengals Jersey today. Yeah. Bengals had a lot more chances to get some points on the board than the Bearcats did, man. But uh, what are your reactions as far as that 2010 victory? They removed. It was, it was a boring watch. Uh, I'm always happy when they can beat the triple option. Uh, as they, there's only one game in recent memory that stands out in particular, uh, where they didn't take care of business. Um, but you're you're happy to see it happen. Um, yep. Win and move on. Never have to deal with Navy again unless they they just truly love miserable football games and decide to throw them on the schedule again. Well, two, two, 2031 would be the only next time that Cincinnati would play against triple option unless they do get one added to the schedule 2031 is the return trip to army for that uh, COVID year game against army so uh can't wait 2031 man that that's just football scheduling for you yeah let's play you real quick we'll add you on the schedule within you know I think it was like a two-week notice to get army on the schedule and then Got to turn around and say, hey, we'll, we'll have a return trip in, in 2031. How about that? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing in 2031. Who, who knows? Who, who the heck knows? But, uh, but yeah, and, and you mentioned only one bugaboo against the triple option, and that, that was in 2017 in Luke's first year at the helm. They let up – they honestly – they actually let up the most yardage ever that they have defensively. <laughs> Total yardage in in the all the years that he's been here, and I I wrote about it in my articles, and I said you know I it, I, I get a little Michael Jordan sense out of Luke when he kind of mentioned it about 
UCF, how, you know, hey, year one happened against UCF. It's going to be something I, I remember forever. And it seemed like the same sort of thing happened with, with Navy. You know, they, they let up all that yardage in, in year one, and he took it personally. So they had, you know, days at camp where they practice against the triple option the entire time. They have certain times where, where it's constant prep with the triple option, and they came up with a way to stop it. And, and every game that they faced the triple option attack, including that Army game in 2020, they held that the opposing team underneath their average for yardage rushed, which is something that you need to tip your cap to because even if you're playing as, as, as good as possible, Navy or Army can can pick up those yardage and, and find little creases here and there and, and break off a big one. But uh, that never happened on Saturday. Chad? Well, like just looking at they basically had seven drives. Right. Army did or Navy did. Three of them were three and out. Mm-hmm. which took up very little time. The other three took 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so even if like, and in, in internally, like I'm getting like a little frustrated in, okay, there's, it feels like there's too many second and sixes. It feels mm-hmm. like there's too many third and, and fours, third and threes. But then you go back and you look at the the two three or the the three three and outs. They were second and nine. Like they were exactly what we talked about. Like if you right. put if you put them in second and nine and third and six, there's a good chance you're going to get off the field. But yeah. point being, if even another one of those drives becomes a sustained drive, all of a sudden you're looking at like 38 minutes of time of possession, 40 minutes of time of possession. And then that game looks a lot different. So even only getting the three, three and outs because the game is shortened because they limit the number of drives that both teams get. It's critical to get those three, three and outs. And they managed to get those done and and they got them done in in pretty important times. Um, So it just like, they want to make the game boring. Like they want to make the game to where the fans are like, I what this sucks. Yeah. Like it's it's more exciting to watch a four hour game where they throw the ball, you know, forty times each. Right. And it feels like the game is going on forever as to where a three hour game it's over quick, but that game felt longer because it felt like Navy is just like sucking the life out of you. And if you don't force turnovers and get short fields. You can't run up the score. Yep. So that's a hundred percent their their algorithm. I mean, yeah. I my head coach ran our in high school ran our offense based off them, and all they say is stay on schedule. So it's like you like first down, you need three yards. Second down, three yards. Third down, three yards. Go for it on fourth, fourth and one, and they will do they that will they will do that all game every drive if they can. But once, like you said, you get them in that second nine, third and six. There's not a lot of play calls they have in their, um, in their offense that they're like, all right, we can get six on this. So that's what the Bearcats have learned from. Uh, I say that first time they played them is kind of like being physical at the point of attack to to limit like the the chunk yards for them, which is anywhere from three to six yards, and just being physical at the end is something that they basically reworked and that's the only way you can beat these guys you got to win at the line and that's what we did that's why we were able to 
you know, only hold them to 10 under 200 yards, but yeah. they're going to try to run down that clock all like stay in bounds, run down the clock, just three yards every play. Like they want to bore the defense to death. They want to bore the fans to death. That's their style. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's weird, Chad, you bring up that, that one really long drive. They had the 16 play one yeah. and, and, and the one time during that drive on, on a first down, they, they held them to one yard and they got all the way to a fourth down scenario where it was fourth and five. And Navy brought in their third string quarterback after an injury to, to Xavier Arline. And, and that's when he threw that, that bullet down the field, you know, picked up the first down on fourth and five, you know, when, when Shep probably wasn't expecting it, but he had great coverage on the play as well. So it's, it's, right. just, it's, it's a weird situation, a, a weird team to play against. And, you know, obviously Luke likes it sometimes, I guess likes the prep side of it because he says it takes, takes them back to the basics and the fundamentals of, you know, getting out of your, right. out of your stance low and, and firing out and, right. and using but. your hands and this, that, and the other, but yeah, I don't know. It, overall it's uh, I'm, I'm happy these games are over just cause it, it, it kind of makes you feel like there's some, some problems with the team. Just because it's like a drag, just because the game's a drag, you're like, why? Why isn't the offense, you know, having fireworks? You know, why is the defense not stopping them more? But you, you look at it, the time of possession was a little bit more even than than thought. The uh, the overall plays were a little bit more even than thought. The total drives were way down. It's just a, it's always a weird game every time you play them. Uh, I want to start defensively though. Um, Got to start with with Dante Corleone. And Ryan, I think when when you were there, that like Curtis Brooks had a really big game against Navy, kind of kind of put him on the Cortez, spot last Brian. year. Yeah, Cortez as well, kind of that that 2018 game where it was mm-hmm. 42 to nothing, just complete domination of Navy. Yeah. Uh, are you starting to see Dante Corleone just? I just this is just a further stamp of approval that he's just taking that next step to being a star. Yeah, like this is his type of game. It's basically like you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to have a pass rush move in mind, even though sometimes he might not even need one. Um, you just saw like their their offense is geared toward we're going to have four hands on Corleone at all times, no matter what. That's just the way they their, their blocking scheme is going to work. And just knowing Corleone's getting double teamed by that style blocking low, just kind of uh, – what's the word just kind of low like nagging blocks play after play but just seeing him just like power through that over and over just another some him cementing himself and being the real deal i mean i loved what i saw out of him so in this game obviously as a necessity they, they had they got a four down lineman just got as a you know rebuttal to what the other team brings if and I, I'm not going to say that they're going to do it anymore for the rest of the year, but if seeing Juwan Briggs and Dante Corleone next to each other in the middle of, <laughs> of an of the trenches is that's got to be a scary, scary sight for the opposition. Yeah, yeah. I would love. I mean, you know, you'd love to see more of it just because you feel like it would be super successful. Um, but our defense has kind of been like. Uh, it's kind of like transitioned to, you know, that that three down is like, that's our baby now. That's what we do. And we still we still practice four down, but not a ton. And, you know, I just don't know how comfortable the team would be. The coaches would be being like, let's go out there and kind of use our boundary safety and coverage a ton more and kind of just rewrite our whole back 
like our whole pass coverage right. philosophy. But you know, you love you, it's like the whole balance thing. You know, we got this this scary D line, like probably the two biggest dudes in college football stacked up right next to each other. So it is like, damn, I wish we could have more of that. But I know, gosh, just see them. I, you know, against a a run heavy team, I, I don't know. It'd be fun to see up yeah. the middle. But uh, but yeah, I, linebackers obviously another strong game out of Ivan Pace, Aaron. Ivan yet again making moves. Uh, kind of what do you uh, what do you see out of out, out of what Ivan brought? Obviously more rushing rushing plays. He's gonna be able to fly around a little bit more. Just a quiet double digit tackle day for Ivan. I mean, he oh, didn't huh. didn't feel like he was didn't feel like he was really like again on the level that he started the season out with and and we kind of are still waiting to see him come back with that same energy level uh, as mm-hmm. it seems that that's been missing over the course of the last couple of games but he's still producing uh, it's not as if he's he's not filling the stat sheet again uh, so it's it's a weird place to be in with Ivan Pace I guess that he he continues to produce but but doesn't feel like he's at the same level that we're accustomed to seeing, it's, it's very strange. Well, you, I think you wonder there, like, and thank you, Tonk. Um, you wonder, do you just like your brain gets desensitized to zero being in on every tackle? Like, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. when it happened at the beginning of the year, it was new. Right, we had seen it. Like, man, there he is again. There he is again. There he is again. There he is again. Like it's you know a normal brain response to eventually, like, not have that thought of like man he's everywhere, and instead you just expect him to be everywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just get like he was making more. I think you just felt like he was more disruptive. Yeah, yeah. Big splash, like big play sacks, TFLs. They they haven't seen just like a pocket passer since really Tulsa. I know. And he like he's been More playing nine, great, but... and you can't. I mean, you got to remember, like teams. The more you make splash plays, the more teams are going to kind of like scheme things up around you. And the fact right. that he's got schemes centered around him, and he's still finding ways to produce, maybe not as like big like havoc plays before, but that just shows just how much of an incredible football player he is. And I just love getting to watch him. It's just textbook linebacker, aggressive, like everything I'd ever want to do out on the field. So he's doing great. And I think people don't sleep on the the quietness, but I I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating him. He's going to pick it back up at the end of the year with more uh, havoc plays. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because Ivan, I, well, at, at halftime, it was actually Dante who led the team in, in total tackles. And uh, with, with six, I think Ivan either had five or four. And then so for Ivan to come out in the second half and fly all over the field, you don't really can't even really tell. I mean, he's just making plays. He's at the right place at the right time. Like you're saying, people are the, the tape's out on him. You know, you saw, you saw it with with David and Julius last season, you know, where he's he's taking over games in in the beginning of the season, middle of the season. All of a sudden, teams have all this game tape on him. They're able to, to slow him down and, and and stop him. And and more basketball talk. That's a little bit of a of a tease of what's coming a little later on the pod. But yeah, I mean, teams are obviously going to start to scheme to get away from Ivan. And that's when you have other players step up. I think USF was probably the first team to do it. Ivan was a little slowed down with an injury in that game as well. But uh, that's when you saw Ty Van Fossen step up and have a really big game. So it's going to be – 
you know, complementary football is definitely all about, you know, all three phases playing together as one, but it could also be within a defense where if, if Ivan is slowed down for some reason, you need a Dante Corleone to step up. You need it, a Tyvan Fawson to step up, a, a Javon Hicks. But I, another thing I want to talk about is, is how good Jawan Briggs is as well. And where Dante, for some reason, I, I think Dante's got a innate ability to, to shed blocks and, and get tackles and, and adding counting stats. Jawan is just a rock in the middle. I, I think it's it'd be interesting to see when when end of the end of the year awards come out because I think Jawan has been just as good as Dante, but Dante's just being able to add the additional counting stats on top of his domination in the middle. And just having those two is is absolutely bonkers. Um, shout out as well, Justin Watley and uh, Dominique Perry and and. Well, I know Potter. I mean, that entire defensive line is just deep, and they're all playing extremely well. Uh, didn't really see too much. I do they only go one safety against against Navy because yeah. I didn't I didn't see really any not much threats in the game. Yeah. They they went one safety, um, two corners. I, I think there were even times they went one safety, one corner, and went yeah. four down linemen, five linebackers. Mm-hmm. Because I saw at one point, I saw Ivan, Deshaun, Jaheim, Jack Dingle. Yep. And um, Van Fossum. Yeah. They they didn't have that wrinkle in last year, but it's a smart move. Um, basically, they're just going to say, all right, they have one receiver. Let's put one corner on him and let's just stack the box up with guys who can move, who are aggressive at the point of attack. So. I like that. It's a good wrinkle. So as, as far as it goes, it, obviously it, it's good, knock on wood, that the entire defense looks like it came out scotch-free, obviously, that one season when I, you know, Perry Young got with with the injury in the in the game, obviously, is just horrible. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, go, go get one ready, Ryan. But uh, <laughs> as, as far as it goes, when the one game ends against Navy – Got a quick turnaround on Friday. How how fast or or how slow is that readjustment to? Okay, we just finished playing this physical team where we have to scheme up this this different look against them. To now we're going to go back to a pass happy offense and one with with Holton Aylers who wants to go out on a on a high note. Is the defense just going to be able to flip the switch and just be ready to go yeah. four yeah, days later? Okay. Yeah, no, that's how it is. I mean, today they like today they were probably already. Working Monday. stuff for ECU. Today's Monday, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They like they don't have their normal Monday off day, so they're rolling, and that's they're wired to the defense is wired to be, a you know for the normal college football offenses. So they they're excited to be back to normal, and it's not going to affect them. Maybe maybe it even helps them in some ways. Get some. Get certain guys rested. That that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, get certain guys rested. It also helps guys with maybe just more physicality, developing their physical tackling, hand use of hands, block defeat, all that stuff. It's a little bit different style of blocking, but I mean, just getting there, getting in there, getting aggressive, physical, and hitting people. That's always good for your game. So I think it's gonna make them better and have them ready to roll. They'll be just fine. Yeah, it's like in in a twisted way, you got. An extra week of of rest for you know Brian Threats for <laughs> Sammy Anderson for Taj Ward Arquan, Arquan. Yeah, yeah I mean it's a 
like Arquan last year, didn't play the whole game. Right. For one play, got the one game winning pick. One maybe. play, one pick, maybe. There you I go. have a question, Brian. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation like that where the weather is predicted to be one thing, which is game changingly bad, and then it just never happens? No, I see. I've never been in a game like I guess maybe just some like heavy rain, but like never to the fact of like wind where you can't kick a ball, you can't throw a ball at the same like. Yeah, so you efficient. have to you, you have to have your mind around that, and yeah. then it just wasn't a factor. Yeah, like it, I know. it didn't exist. It was so weird. I know. Yeah, I, like I, I have no experience in it though, so I mean. It yeah. could be it could be a little fun, it could be a little bit of chaos and stuff like that, but but like Fix said, like you're watching the noon games, like you're watching the warm-ups for Ohio State um Northwestern Northwestern, yeah. and the guy kicks like a 40-yard field goal and it gets to the end zone and just stops. Yeah, that was like insane. it should have been good it. all the way through <laughs> into the stands, and it just stopped and died in the middle of the end zone. Like, I imagine as a coach and a staff, you're like, that's coming here. Yeah. Like, the wind was going so to bad. Be here in four hours. The wind yeah. was so bad in West Lafayette that the little engine that could, couldn't. Did you guys see that clip? Yeah. <laughs> that was an omen for it. things that were about to happen in West Lafayette that day. The train malfunctioned. Yeah. And then um, the team got lamb blasted by. Uh, but, Iowa. but then. Like we walked down on the field, um, and like we're it, getting it there, Mac. It was it was gusty a little bit at times, but like the wind was, and by the middle of the first quarter, it just wasn't a factor at all. Hi, Deanna. We we got a basketball game tomorrow night. Um, she said, "Ooh, Sunday night, let's go." We got a basketball game tomorrow night, so. Uh, it's kind of difficult to do a podcast from Fifth Third Arena during a game. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Probably, probably some copyright stuff, too. I think we would have gotten in trouble for attempting that. Right. Right. But, yeah. I, we'll get to him just a little bit, G-Mike. The, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the weather was weird. But when the, the second you were out there on the field, you could kind of tell that it wasn't going to be too much of a factor during pregame. Yeah. Which 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 was which was, I don't know if it's the stadium setup or or what it was, but and then all of a sudden, saw vanished as as the time went on. So, hey, we'll uh, we'll take the whole it. drive in from Athens though. My car was like, oh, dude, same from from Indy. I was like, I mean, I'm a fast driver as is, but I yeah, I you, thought I was wind gonna, dated. You got here quick. Oh, dude, I thought I was gonna get taken off the road a couple times. <laughs> yeah, instead I was like, woo, baby. And then, <laughs> Pedal to the middle a little bit more, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got on defense. It's kind of very uh, very short winded because obviously the the lineman and the linebackers making the plays. So yep. I thought Jabari looked great as well. Just want to add that in. He had he had one play yeah. where he had really good contain on on a reverse play that kind of kind of had been hurting us a little bit here and there, and he cut it back inside. And guess who's waiting for you? None other than. Big Dante Corleone and the guy. Yep. So, watch great, out. Great contain there, and you know what? Gotta love Dante's uh, Dante's talk in the uh, post game press conference. No Cholitos for the big fella. No, he said he would do it with a couple. Well, no, he he said he, he said he's not. Sh- 
Did he say a couple? But he said two. 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 Okay, two. He said if Is he it? was in high school, he would eat eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, but but now he would only do one or two. Because mm. Brady Brady might be lurking. Brady yep. might be lurking. No uh, more Cholito, baby. <laughs> I might have to go get a Cholito after this. This hey, come on. Come on, baby. I haven't tried that one. I do. That's, I that's the Corleone. He does. Oh, and apparently okay. what they do is um, you have to order a whole order of French fries. So they fit the, the French fries that they can in the Cholito, uh -huh. and then you get the rest as just a side of fries. Hmm. Yeah. Smart, smart move by them. Make it easy to put that's in how the, that works, the register. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all I got for defense. Let's roll over to the offensive side of things. Uh, man, it, you know, it, it's weird because they moved the ball well on the first two drives. Obviously, the Navy's pass defense is one of the worst in the country. You hit Jaden Thompson with that with that big play on the first play of the game, uh, and, then, and then it just stalls. You know, the drive stalls. Uh you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the drops and different things of that sort. But uh, and then Ryan Coe comes in, drains a 47-yarder. Ryan Coe is officially a weapon. He is a uh, – he's a big-time player, man. And he's yeah. – you know, after he shook off that, that early season jitters, I guess, is, is what we can call it. He's been on fire recently. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, another field goal drive. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It's – you guys think it's, it's maybe something – Playing against this Navy team, uh, maybe thinking that the weather might be there. You know, it's it's just, you know, you have that big that big gain by Jaden. Then you have the, well, they, the box they, they, snap. They missed the mesh point on a handoff, right? Yeah, I yeah I think that was like a weird snap too. It, it was like a mishandled. The snap. whole mechanic was right. The snap was messed up, and then it got caught in the mesh point and fumbled. That's gonna kill like. Yeah, it's gonna kill a drive. Well, and then second and fifteen, you run it up the middle and gain one yard as well, and yeah, yeah. it's it'll it'll kind of slow it down, but um, a good make. And then that second drive as well, it's in, you you yet again get in inside the ten yard line and incomplete pass, rush up the middle, no gain, another incomplete pass. So uh, kind of a weird situation, but they were able to write it, get a couple of good drives. Kind of what's what's your guys' overall take offensively, and we'll kind of break down the the weird end of the first half, and then kind of just some some singular players. But the offense as a whole, you don't get many possessions. They scored on on half of them, I believe, which is uh, which is a good recipe for a win against Navy. But uh, and, and Ben near three hundred yards again. I feel bad for him because he was at two ninety eight last week, and then again two ninety nine this week. He that that three hundred yard threshold. He got over three hundred, and then right. minus two on a on a screenplay yep. uh, that took him back to two ninety nine. Yep, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I don't know. Just 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 overall offense thoughts, Chad. I mean, I, you you kind of were actually pretty pretty uh, pretty nice in in the bites talking about you know you aren't going to have many chances. You scored on the chances that you did for the most part. Only had one three and out. Uh, I didn't that, have a lot to complain about. Right. Just a weird game, obviously. I mean, yeah, it's the, the the possessions are so limited that it does magnify everything. But you know, other than really, the only gripe I would have is the the second field goal 
getting into the red zone and again not being able to get it into the end zone. Yep. Um, and then they figured out the secret to this team is they can't score in the red zone, so you have to score from outside the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just they ran the Tyler Scott plays. Uh, where do you score from outside the red zone? Um, good to have him back. Uh, to to being Tyler Scott, yeah, he's just such a weapon. Like that ability that he has on that first touchdown to just stop and start and leave a defense standing like they're they're in quicksand as he runs by them into the end zone, and then the second touchdown, a perfect twenty eight yard post that would have been a touchdown from seventy. You know that that's just. Uh, call the Tyler Scott plays more. Eight of them. <laughs> Eight of them this time. Yes. But um, I didn't have a lot of problem with the offense. The, the drive at the end of the half was weird. Dave said it this morning, and I agree. It's like they were stuck in between. Like, they couldn't decide exactly what they wanted to do. I, I have a question on that. On that third down play, didn't it look like he got past the sticks to get the first down? Yeah, I was in the end zone, like on, on the corner at a, on the other side, so I had a weird angle. Mm-hmm. But it looked like he got past the sticks, got out of bounds, and then they it was fourth down. I was like, "What happened?" I I think he was like falling towards the the sideline, and I yeah, think kind of he, he he might have had the ball in his you know like in his left hand towards the sideline, and as he fell out of bounds, most of his body was over it, and the ball was behind it. But uh, I I mean. That would have had that. That would have been a weird, like. I mean, it. I didn't have it, too much gripe with it because, okay. like, the staff and the team didn't really have too much gripe with it either. I was really far away from it. Yeah. I it just from where I was, the angle I had, it looked like that's a first down, and then I expected them to put their foot on the gas. Yeah. And and then fourth down, they try to get fourth and one. They try to get the offsides. Doesn't work, so they punt. Um, but that just felt like. You had an opportunity there to knock them out. Like I, you could have finished them right there. I I don't know why they were indecisive though, because you got one fifty five on the clock, one fifty one, and you got all three timeouts against one of the worst pass defenses in the country. And that you've shredded through the yeah. air for. And may, I mean, I don't know. It was weird. And a kicker who just connected from forty seven earlier with ease and had kind of been been moving and grooving at the time. That and was even, into the wind, the it quote unquote right. into the wind. But at that point I just didn't feel like unless you hit a gust like right as the ball was kicked, right. The wind wasn't really a, a major factor. Well they did the the thing you do when you're indecisive in that situation, right? Is you you run it a couple times to see if you can pop a big one. And they kind I mean they had a couple good runs there. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I just I, I I wanted to see some NASCAR there, Royer. Yep. No, I agree too. I think like we talked about last time, when we get up that we tempo a little more, we've had a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason for everything. I, I, I'm not really sure what they were, why they don't do it more, but if I knew, then I'd be on the staff. <laughs> yeah. My, my point of view, Aaron, what are you about to say Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with Ryan on that and, and, I know Tyler even addressed it during the post game, uh, but just this team plays so well in tempo. I I can't get enough of, I guess, just them running 
offense that doesn't stop. Like, I, I don't know why they go away from it as often as they do, especially when they're struggling to find a first down, struggling to get points on the board, especially when I don't – I can't recall a time during this season where tempo hasn't worked, like, at all. Yeah, I, well, they did a little bit of the NASCAR thing. I turned to Aaron. I said, I wonder if they were listening to the pod about right. a little NASCAR. <laughs> and it was on the drive where they got into the red zone and got inside the nine, and then they made a substitution – and, you know, that allowed Navy to get some subs in as well. And, you know, they kind of had a had them on their toes where they were standing up on a on a third down. And they were able to pick up the first on a on a quick, uh, quick screenplay onto the outside and, and got you know, moved the chain. So, yeah. But as far as this last, you know, drive of the half goes, it, you know, you're, you're facing Navy, a triple option team, a team who hadn't thrown the attempted one pass up to that point. And it's right before the end of the half. Even on the fourth and one, I'm I'm going for it because if Navy gets the ball back, I, are are they going to all of a sudden decide to throw the football with, you know, 35, 40 seconds left in in the half? I I don't think so. I think they'll probably try and play it play it safe and and go into the half only down by ten. So I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, it, it also brought black brought back up little flashes of of that that play at SMU as well, where you know. A lot of people were saying, why did the team go for it on that fourth and one when they were up 17, you know, 17 nothing? And, you know, you gave SMU a little bit of momentum, but I think that was a completely different scenario. So I don't know. I just, I definitely wanted them to, to go for it a little bit more, push, push up the tempo a little bit more on that last drive, but especially because Navy got the ball to start the second half as well. But yeah, it, it was odd. I don't know. Like the indecisiveness just caught me off guard because I thought they would just immediately, like even if you if you break like you you have that first run, it didn't go for a first down. It went for like seven or eight yards, right? Nine yards, yeah. Nine yards. Like get on the ball and get, like you got there was your play that got you out of the hole. Yep. You know, foot on the gas. Throw the ball to Tyler Scott. For yeah. goodness <laughs> sakes. Just do that every time. <laughs> why can't you do that every time but uh yeah i, I don't know it was, it was definitely strange but of course second half starting at their own two yard line on that first uh that first drive of course I, it, shout out to riley reitman who uh who probably sees, was great yeah he probably sees that he's going up against none other than mason fletcher the uh the rake evolved and and he decides to to, to bust out a 66 yard himself down at the uh Cincinnati two yard line. So, but the offense then clicks, man. That was a 98 yard drive. Didn't take too much time to get all. It was actually their shortest scoring drive of the game, time wise. Yeah. I I mean, you got a 39 39 yard completion to Jaden Thompson, who's kind of become just kind of that that guy. He he did have the one drop in the game that was that gets highlighted, but he has a a career high in yardage total in the game. Becoming a real weapon at the boundary. Like that. And that's that's opening up, I'm sure, because Tyler is starting to to really turn himself into a star. Mm-hmm. That means the safety's going to roll to Tyler more often than not, and Jaden's going to have that ability to make plays. And his his shiftiness to make people miss short area is extraordinary. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what he did. Like him and Tyler, like both of their like very noticeable um, strengths this year, like Jaden's ability to make people miss Tyler's route running. Like 
I don't know what they like when I was there. Like, it's not like they were bad at that, but it wasn't like that apparent. Like, it so, wasn't great. It was good, yeah. but it wasn't great. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what Mike Brown did with these guys this year, but he did something this offseason that these guys are just rolling and playing so well. So shout out Coach Brown. Shout out uh, Tyler and Jaden. I've been Keep really impressed right. with Mike Brown since oh, he yeah. joined this staff, man. Mike Brown made Alec Pierce. Like, everything you're seeing from Alec, like, Alec didn't start playing football to use a junior in high school. Comes to Cincy, just raw athlete, not a lot of skill, can basically can run really well in a straight line. And he turned Alec Pierce into like one of the top wide receiver prospects in last year's draft, if not no the doubt. top prospect. And now look what he's doing with Tyler Scott, too. Um, oh, yeah. Tyler Scott's going to be just like Alec. Uh, and and it, it's starting to, I think people are starting to get a little weary. I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not speaking into an existence, knocking on wood. And I hope Tyler does whatever he wants. But man, you watch the, you tell NFL teams to throw on the tape of, of Tyler Scott and they see how wide open he is in, on some of these plays. Just because Great of his route runner. His, his, his precision moves, on yeah. his routes is unbelievable. His moves down the field. And, and then even that one, that one catch against Tulsa where I think they called him out of bounds or he might have, they said like dragged on the ground. You can barely see it. I mean that was an unbelievable catch. His his catch as well against I think it was USF or, or uh, one of the teams at home at Nippert where he it was a fourth and one play and he dove for it. I mean he's just he's been phenomenal this year. So it's uh, uh, two things here. Fun to see him. The, the the drops are concerning. Bearcat twelve says the drops are highly concerning. They they are. They've got to clean that up, uh, especially with with tough games coming up. I, I agree. Like it. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's the same guys that are, you know, making, you know, Will Pauling, it's kind of still very early in his career. And I expect him still to be a great player he was hurt for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they've got to clean it up. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, are you, you're, uh, do you, do you, can we get you some glass half full a little bit? <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit of glass half. Like you worry about everything. It's it, like, it's okay, man. Make a positive. Make a positive. Have a positive question. I, you know, <laughs> one one other thing about the drops is like, it's it seems as if Ben kind of makes throws sometimes that the receivers aren't expecting because they think they might not be as open as Ben sees them, and Ben puts it in there. You know, but they're open in a window. Right. Got to catch the ball. No, 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 no. I know, but I'm just saying it. it it's you know, it's on the receiver then to, to whip their head around, and be ready for the ball when it's coming at them, but. It, it does seem like like last season and, and throughout Dez's career, it would yeah. be more of like a check down or more of like – Those uh, they're not used to catching. Right, exactly. You know, those, those sideline yeah. ones where you're kind of like right there, you got to kind of yeah. make, a, make a minimal adjustment to make sure you get a foot in as well. So, yeah, I mean, throws are right there. There's no doubt you got to make the catches. But it's it's some maybe they aren't expecting, especially coming off of, of how Dez ran his, his stuff. So, yeah. yeah I, it's I, different. I ben drives the ball. For sure. Yeah, he does. Arm talent is just like notice. It's just noticeable. Like I, when him and Des would compete, it was just like Ben's ball. Like was just, it's just special. He's like he has. Yeah, he just has a special gift to throw to football. But Des made up for that with his ability to run and his leadership Lead. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so, no. uh, running game guys. <laughs> um. Aaron, you you threw out a great uh, a great comment last week about kind of the center position with with you know Gavin and everything. I thought Gavin did a pretty solid job this, this week. 
I actually thought Lorenz Metz didn't do that bad, you know, filling in his, his, his first start there on the season. But I, I mean, what's uh, what's going on with, with, with the running game? And yet again, another one where, you know, they maybe obviously the amount of possessions are down. So the amount of overall attempts are down. Um, but still, you, you've got a 2.8 yard average. That's with the with the sacks being involved. Just just simply can't seem to get anything going still on the ground. And of course, the the one question everyone's wondering: Corey Kiner only one carry for two yards on the afternoon. Um, rushing attack, guys. Uh, thoughts, Aaron? I'll, I'll I'll pass it back to you again. You're on mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. You play to your strengths, right? I mean, you have a solid run defense in Navy, so why would you continue to try and run the ball just to run the ball, I guess? Um, yeah. Chuck had a great day. He had 11 carries, 60 yards. Right. Um, it wasn't like that all came off of one big play. I mean, 18 of them were on – that was his, his long on the day. Right. But I don't know. I mean, why, why continue to try and shove a square peg into a round hole, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Chad, Ryan, anything as far as the rushing attack? I, you know, I, at some point it's like, okay, Navy is a top 10 rush defense. defense. Yeah. And you're, you're going against a terrible pass defense. And it well, all they load the, the box, man. They, they, yeah, they do. They do. They load the box. They blitz. They run blitz. Like they're basically daring. They're saying, we know we're bad at pass defense, so we're not even like that's we're not we're gonna we're gonna try and sack that. you, and if we don't yeah. sack you, then we're gonna have single coverage, and hopefully we have good coverage on the play. Yeah, I agree. I, I yeah, it's got to get better. I mean, it's a big part of our program, and we gotta fix it. Um, I think it goes back to the same thing we touched on last week. I think pass protection and run are tied in together. It's that same uncomfortability. Um, and it's been kind of like how the whole line's been kind of like just off ever since not having Renfro. When you go, I mean, you got to remember when you go a whole, um, you go a whole off season, those guys, like they mainly are with each other. I mean, they'll mix it up every once in a while, but the main, the main core unit was, was with Renfro and Renfro leading. And that just makes it so much harder to adapt to. Right. Um, but at the same time now we're pretty deep into the season and, these guys should kind of start be on the same page a little bit more than what we're seeing. So I can't really, I don't know why they're not. I mean, you have a great online coach who's done great things. I don't think it's him at all. So Tonk, I can't make them drink beer. I, I Tonk, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. He's been asking. So. There you go. All right. Ryan will be right back. Um, a good fan. We got to get it. So, I, so I mean, if he wants to chug a beer, he can chug a beer. I can't make like I can't order him to do that. That's not how being the boss of a successful corporation works. That's what we it's, are here. We we have our martyr, and it's Ryan Royer. He will be back to if he voluntarily wants to do it. He voluntarily is more than welcome to chug a beer. Um. um I, I'm going to wait on this this question in the chat until Ryan comes back and we get done with this whole chug a beer thing because. All right, Tonky. All right, what's what's the choice of bevy? What do we have? With whatever's in the fridge. Ah, oh, that blue. blue. Ooh, must have had margarita uh, over, huh? 
my boy, my roommate loves Labatt and he buys it all the time. So don't tell him I'm drinking his beer. But, Nick, uh, there's no, no, nobody tell him. Nick Martin is secret. You had Nick Martin over at Isn't Tonk? Tonk? Tonk's an engineer, right? He I does some so. sort. So Tonk, fluid dynamics here. We're going to poke a little hole in the back of the beer. Oh. Good old Danny Felino taught me this trick. Okay. So now it just flows right out. <laughs> yeah, you got to put the little dent in it, right? Put the yeah, thumb. A, little, a little hole. It's a little hole right here. Uh, okay. Oh, I do okay. I do right where the opening is. If you, like, push a oh, little yeah, dent yeah. and right underneath the the pour hole, it goes down yeah. quicker, too. Yeah. All right. Cheers, Tonk. Cheers to Tonk. Next thing we know, we're all shoving our heads in the fans on a Sunday night. <laughs> Steven says, first Royer slams a beer. Next thing we know, we're all shoving our heads in the fans on a Sunday night. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's usually how it happens, right? <laughs> yeah. That first one goes down, and then all of a sudden, two hours later, yeah. things are out of control. Hey, just just give me an A. Ooh. Stevie knows the drill. <laughs> um all right, let, let's 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 have a conversation here. Uh, Tony Hill, let's just be honest. We will not really see Corey in a high carry count until next season, Corey Kiner. Um, you're probably right, but it's running back. So things change quickly at running back. But the reality is Charles McClellan won the job. He has performed better than everyone else regularly throughout the season. And he won the job. He won the number one spot with his play, with his performance. They love Monty Ryan Montgomery as the number two. He's great in pass blocking. He's great catching the ball out of the backfield. Those are things that right now they're they're passing so much that pass blocking and receiving are two important factors that you want on the field when you know you're going to be throwing the ball. So, yes, he is. That's where he is on the depth chart. That's just the reality of it. He he he's third on the depth chart. So when you're third on the depth chart for a team that's only giving the ball to the backs 15, 16 times a game the past two games, there's not a lot of run. There's not a lot of touches there. Now I'm going to get to the hot take that I don't really believe but kind of believe I'm going I'm I'm growing sour on hometown heroes I didn't think you'd actually say it on the on the podcast I know you told me I'm that on the sour sidelines. on hometown heroes and I, I'm not like it's it's facetious but like look there's some things in Nippert Stadium that need to be checked such as Booing the starting quarterback in warmups when he's on pace to have one of the three best seasons for a quarterback in the history of the program in terms of that was happening. Oh, yeah. Who was booing him at people wanting Evan Prater? <laughs> what yeah, there idiots. Was, there was there was definitely a second half. We want Prater chant. Yeah. For yeah, a game man. that Ben completed over 70% of his passes for 299 yards and two touchdowns where they only had seven possessions, 300 yards and seven possessions. 
Some of yeah. you. Anyhow. I mean, how it just like you saw, it just shows like how people, if you want to be a real fan, pay pay real attention. Don't just don't don't see big bold headline. Evan Prater, highest recruit ever. Oh, yay, good, yay, very good. Play Guess him immediately. What? He has to win the job like everybody yeah, else in the does. damn program. Yes, and like you can't just be like all like fixated on his coming out of high school, like being being from Cincinnati. Like if you if you really love this team, if you really want to root for this team, actually think about put it in your head. The coaches are going to put out there the best player that's going to help us win. There, there's no – and if anything, if there's any politics involved, you'd think it would be on Evan's side, being the right. sexy guy. And just you you got – you get behind Ben's having, a, Ben's having a really good year coming back, leading the team. No. no. No, he's not perfect. He's not. I, I thought he'd be playing a little bit better. You know, I thought he was going to take off. I thought he was going to take off, and I'm there's sure he did too. There's been inconsistency that, that – yeah. that, like there's no denying there's been some inconsistency, but yeah, he's been very good to this point in the season. Yeah, With everything Kiner, he, he's been everything you would want him to be. We yeah, just have higher Kiner, expectations because of how talented he is. He's his time is going to come. Evan's time is going to come. Yeah, <clears throat> but in this program, Luke has been very clear. Hype doesn't win you anything. Yeah. Performance wins you jobs. Performance puts you in the position that you want to be. And what sucks is, here's what sucks. Because of people doing what I just talked about, and and I've heard it in every home game. When they put uh, against USF, they put Evan in down at the goal line. He had the good run. There was a huge cheer for him when he came in. Awesome. Well-deserved. They took him out, put Ben back in, or Ben came back because he was he was in the game but split out. So it wasn't yeah. like one came in, one came out. Ben, mm-hmm. Evan came off the field, they booed. <laughs> this is funny how stupid it is. GMAC, uh, Bearcat Nation on Facebook, as one of the moderators, it's become difficult to try and keep up with all the people who are reporting other people for just shit talking and like literally every name that you can think, like Facebook actually gets involved more often than we do uh, removing content because it's online bullying. So here's what these people don't understand is it puts the conversation in a bad place because nobody is saying Evan Prater is bad. But the more and more you push this conversation and you push this narrative, the more you have to talk about Ben won the job. Yeah. Fair and square. Ben won the job. He was yeah. better daily on a consistent basis in practice through all of the spring and through the summer. Now, I, I made this analogy today on the board. When, when I was talking about practice, and talking about the quarterback competition that day. Most of the days it was close, but most of the days Ben Bryant won. So I've heard a bunch of times, well, if it was so close, then what's, what's, what do you see about putting Evan in there? And I, I, I'm thinking in my head, like, 
what could I have done different to like message what we were seeing? Mm -hmm. And what I came up with is I should have covered it like each day was a boxing round, right? Because in boxing, it's like, okay, today was 10-9 Ben, or today was 10-8 Ben. But and, and in that bubble, that looks like a really close round, right? But when you get done with 15 rounds. And he wins all 15. And, and, it's and a, or, right. It's a blowout. Yeah, like on yeah. paper, it's, it's not as close as what you're saying every day is that they're close, but Ben is consistently – the guy that performed better. I just yeah. want to go back to Dez where, when Dez was getting some of this heat, same heat well, ben, sev several years ago, Ben was the guy you wanted to bring in. Uh, yeah. You know, just replacing, yeah. just, just replacing the best quarterback that arguably well, the, that the program has ever seen. Well, at that point, Dez was turning the ball over. He, he went through the, the injury riddle 2019. That was 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2020, he, he had the game against USF where he, it was like five turnovers and it, it just was an ugly game overall. But uh, but then obviously it came out against SMU and, and the rest is history. I, I think a lot of it also is is the whole Desmond Ritter effect where we're, the fan base is so used Spoiled. to seeing so used to seeing a, a, a scrambling quarterback as well, or, or you know, a dual threat quarterback as well, you know, one where uses his legs to pick up first first downs, uses his legs a lot more, where where Ben is the one, you know, firing these these passes. I mean if, if if Ben was following like Gunnar Keel or you know a, a another pocket passing quarterback at Cincinnati, I I you know Brendan K. If, if Ben was right after him, it it would be probably a little different sentiment. It would be like, wow, Ben's actually making better throws than than the previous quarterback did, and we won a lot of games. If he was following Tony Pike, even how about that? We'll go all the well, way but back. They to wanted that. Zach Caleros. People wanted Zach Caleros. Right, right, exactly. It's it's a it. And it's what's sexy in college football right now. I, I mean, let's be the honest. The running quarterback. The, the running quarterback is you watch the you watch the Alabama LSU game. You see both quarterbacks can scramble and run. You you know you you watch all these games of these high level teams, and you know it's it's just two different styles of offenses. And Ben, instead of using his legs to pick up first downs, he's he's throwing quick shots to Nick Martiner for six yards to move the chains. He's he's throwing quick outs. He's, he's fine getting the ball in these, you know, our players hands. And if, if we will play he's a, throwing a whole shot on a, on a quarterback check. Right. To Tyler Scott on fourth and one for a touchdown. Yeah. I, I, I mean, here's the thing it's, it's, and okay. Against SMU last year, Desmond Ritter on a fourth and one situation, they did the RPO and he ran it in for a touchdown. Same situation this past weekend. It's Ben Bryant finding Tyler Scott, Tyler Scott making a man miss and running for a touchdown. So it's just two different styles. You know, Ben's had more games. I obviously I haven't looked up the stat, but Ben's had more games passing yards wise than Des did probably in, in all the years combined up to this point in, in this one season that Ben has played. Yeah, he'll have, he'll have a better passing year than than Des ever had. Now Right, as we'll counter that with the, with a bunch of the with, rushing with the runs, sticks. exactly. Yeah, but well, I'm not saying that he's. I, I know. know. I'm just a, yeah. Right. I'm just like he, he's a passer. We knew yeah. that. But I think, and here's here's what I think. Perception wise, I think this is kind of what we're battling this year. 
when Ben left, the thought, okay, Ben's gone. He's doing his thing. And Evan is now next. And it's going to be the same looking offense, the same. Right. And, and Evan's got next. And then when Ben came back, everybody's mindset was still Evan has next. Ben will be a so, good backup. Here, I'll interject real quick. Do you, I want people to understand Ben didn't, it wasn't like Ben came no, begging well, he, back. Yeah. Ben, right. no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Ben yeah. didn't come back okay. begging to come back to the team. You, people have to understand they went after him. Like they knew that Evan was not ready and they brought Ben back to be the starter, knowing that he was better and he would be better. I think Evan developed, like had a really good off season, got a lot better and pushed it a lot closer than any of us thought it was going to be. But it was not like, Evan Evan was never ready. Evan was never supposed to take take well, the spot. And they and they knew if he was going to be ready, it was going to be because he had a a head to head battle with Ben or with whoever they brought in to win the job. Yeah, it wasn't like he was if he was just anointed the quarterback, or if it was Evan and and Brady battling it out for the job. That would have been different than bringing somebody in and saying this, like, you're going to have to win this job. Zach, thank you. Uh, And uh, he said, can you promise us if anyone from UC's athletic department tries to schedule Navy again, that'll smack them. I never want to see their triple option BS again. I love the triple. You guys don't hate on the triple too hard. It's such beautiful football. I mean, can can we just make a pact to like, Every single week, it's playing a weird AAC team with a weird scheme that they drew up to, to play Cincinnati. I'm, I, I'm just done with the conference. I'm, hey, I'm ready we're gonna to play get Big some. Twelve. Yeah, we're gonna get Big I'm, Twelve, but that means I'm, we gotta be ready to rock. Step every up. No, I agree. Week. But at least it'll be some like normal. It's a yeah. normalcy. I mean, it's like normal. Like you're playing teams that are going out there and playing football. You know, you aren't playing yeah. a a team that throws it around every play going crazy and then the next week you're playing a triple option like it's just and yeah i'm not going to agree to smack anyone because that is assault and comes with legal ramifications that's assault brother we yeah, saw that this week i almost went you're there but I wasn't gonna go that, there. that was that was the whole especially if you're on a, a scooter that's okay powered thank by you a- ryan Thank you, Ryan. I was going to go there. I was going to say, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to go there. But I, I that's my fault for taking us there purposefully. Uh, to begin with. Purposefully. Uh, R.I.P. Mario. R.I.P. Uh, so, any, so anyway, yeah. Well, he's, he's coming out with a movie, though. Did you see Ryan? Mario, the movie. Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Bearcat 12 says, on the bright yeah, side, people care deeply. I'm moving on. This is called moving on. People care deeply about it. Much better than having a fan base that doesn't care. Uh, there's no question. Yeah. But doesn't give you the right to be dumb and boo Ben Bryan in the stadium, hundred percent. Right. I think that's bullshit and yeah. stupid. And don't be that dumb. Have some more logic and get informed more about about the team if you really care about it so much. And then leave at uh, halftime. Really, that or, pisses me off. Like that pisses me off a lot. <laughs> I what don't care about them leaving. I care about them someone 
that was. Oh, I would was, rip him a new ass. I'd be nice. <laughs> and would you do this? I'd be afterwards? nice. <laughs> yeah. I'd politely, respectfully rip him a new ass. Little, but then little. if they came back a little bit with some heat, and I'd have to dish out the heat and get a, get back, get that fire back in me. It hasn't been there in a while. Michael says he loves the shirt. You can get this home field apparel with the uh, the Bearcat collection. And I will okay. tell you this: uh, they're they're going to have uh, a big uh, Black Friday Cyber Monday sale that we are again kind of partnering with them on the hoodie. And and Jeff Howell will uh, will back me on this. Hoodie's great. Is the most comfortable thing I own. Like it is so soft. And so just perfect for fall, winter, like early spring. It is awesome. If you've and had these, like-, like this shirt and the, I've got the um, great Midwest conference tournament champion shirt with the dunking Bearcat. Mm-hmm. The quality of the shirts are amazing. If you've had like an homage sweatshirt, it's kind of, it's similar to how soft like homage sweatshirts are. It's great. It's great. Yeah. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, uh, UCF super fan. I, you, you know, the the whole pocket presence thing is another another thing. But I, that that's what a pocket quarterback is. It's a pocket and, passer. That's what a pocket. That's why it's called a pocket passer because they stand in the pocket and pass. I would also be curious to see how Des would have handled this kind of pressure that we've been getting and the the, the um, issues, and the, the delayed yeah, blitzes, and the issues we've been having at O line. Because like at the end of the day. Like a scrambling quarterback can always scramble away from so much. If there's linebackers shooting up the gap when you got DNs containing well, like no matter how good you are, you're, you're gonna be yeah. a scrambler. You're gonna you're gonna be in some shit. Right. And so I, I would love to see like a simulation of that. Des with this year's O line and the pressure Ben's been facing. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, you feel heat right away, throw it, just throw it out of bounds. But I don't know. I think we should just let Ben do his right. thing. And let's try to get the, let's try to be better up front. That's what I think is the best angle to approach. I I mean, in the end, he was twenty five of thirty five for two hundred ninety nine yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, you know, do we all want perfection? No doubt. Uh, is are there two losses on the schedule so far this year? Um, I don't expect any more. Knock on wood again. Were they both all on Ben? I would say no as well. So uh, yeah, we all want. Things to look beautiful, things to be perfect, but that's just that's not how things are. So we'll we'll see. Uh, shall we do a little little timestamp ECU next week? Obviously, coming Friday night. That'll be the uh, nip at night for the um, first time. Here, real but, quick, in the NFL, you routinely see QB step up when pressure approaches. He doesn't seem to move. Um, a lot of the pressure they're getting is up the middle. Because like we've talked about, that pressure is often, more often than not, coming on delayed blitzes that are coming up the middle on stunts and loops from the defensive ends that take a second to develop. Cincinnati's interior offensive line hasn't played a ton together. And and, and you're dealing with a, like we talked about last week a lot, you're dealing with a guy that is is playing center for the first time really in his life. So the pressure is coming right at Ben more often than not. Yeah. That's like, 
You know who else has a terrible amount of trouble with that and it's lost him two Super Bowls? Tom Brady. Thomas? Because he he's great at avoiding the edge rush. Tom. No, no, no. But I'm talking about Tom's a pocket passer right. that doesn't have a lot of escapability. So while their talent is not the same, their games are similar, Tom has always struggled when teams are able to get pressure. That's why I thought it was killer for them when they lost uh, Kappa in Tampa Bay. And you've seen that play out this year. That was kind of his kind of safety valve on, on the interior of that line. When the pressure is coming right at you as a pocket passer, you can't step up, you can't really spin out, like you can't do a whole lot other than get hit and take the sack. Like that's, unfortunately, that's just the nature of who Ben is. Like, yeah. I, well, I, I, I mean, I think pocket passing in the NFL is starting to become slowly a dying breed, but that's uh, it's another story for another topic for a different time. So, uh, I think it's good to timestamp now because we got we got basketball to talk about. West Miller season opener next week. Uh, is there any chance that the lack of usage on Kiner and Parade are of any bearing on future local recruits? I, no, and I mean, sure, if if you think you're going to come in here and be handed a job and you see that that hasn't happened with Kiner and Prater, that could have an impact. But if you think you're going to come in here and be handed a job, you're not going to last long here anyway. They're not going to hand you a job. Luke has built a program. All right. Timestamp. I'm sorry. Been answering questions. I got to find it real quick. Ryan, ECU, baby. Holton Aylers one last time. Shut him down. Yes. Oh, one last thing on the just Kiner. Just remember, Kiner was hurt a lot this offseason. This is a brand-new offense for him. Keep that in mind. He yeah. wasn't a big part of camp. It's hard to come in and play really well when you didn't go to camp. You don't know the offense. You were yeah. hurt. So that's probably why Chuck and Monty are producing more. He's so. a freshman. Yeah. It's a, Remember it's that. Red troop freshman. I mean. Yeah. Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from our to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchase. Thank you to our good friends at Quick Paper Supply. That is that Quick Paper Supply, man. I tell you what, that basketball season is coming quick. Paper supplying at us on a Monday night, 7 p.m. Tip off against the Chaminade. Aaron, can can you give me the uh, Chaminade's mascot? Go. No. Their nickname, Chaminade. Their nickname? Silver yeah. Swords? The, the, the Shamis. The Silver Swords. There you go. Nailed it. Did you read my article? Is that where it's from? There you go, Chad. No, I didn't read your article. I just posted them. That's too long. <laughs> TLDR. This one actually was not too long. Thank you for, for not saying that. On, on line 1777, it, it says, Chad has <laughs> no idea what's going on right now. Just to see if you read it. And the girls in the chat now. We've got girls in the chat. Girls in the Woo! chat. Hurry. Let's go. Girls in the Give chat. The Aaron, hurry. 
But, but see that? How do they know which city? We're in lots of cities. They, well, they heard Kentucky, Ryan. We're in global. Brent's in Indy. Aaron's in Athens. Did they hear the word sword? I think it was. I think it was swords. Silver sword, and they uh, immediately and were all like, of a sudden, "Ah, the, the bots this, were here." They said, "This sounds fun." Swords. Uh, anyway, Shamanat Silver Swords. Fun thing about them: always the host of the Mali Invitational. But now, now they're doing even years. They they travel to the mainland, played a couple of the uh, the teams' home bases. Some yeah, some of the participants participants' home bases, and then on the odd on on the odd years, they stay there. They are the hosts, and they are in the Maui Invitational themselves. So uh, they played at Ohio State uh, last Tuesday, got beat by fifty. And then they played against Louisville on last Thursday, and Louisville is a bit of a dumpster fire they this stink. year. Yeah, stink. They lost out to loud. Lenore Rain, or however you say that team, yeah. uh, lost to them by ten, and then almost lost to Chaminade. They ended up winning the game by ten in that one. But uh, either way, so wow. <laughs> Silver Swords coming in Monday night. And it is uh, their tallest player, six foot eight. He doesn't play much, so a lot of big man domination. But uh, you know, it's gonna be a chance. They could probably use Royer to get some rebounds tomorrow night. Yeah, they could. (laughs) Going up against seven foot, six foot seven guys left and right. We'll see how you can do. Um, Yeah, this is the uh, the season opener. A chance for the fan base to see the team for the first time. A lot of new pieces, obviously. You know, six incoming, seven returning. How they mix, how they match, it's going to be crazy. You know, the craziest fact that I came out with um, in, in writing that article today, actually, is the fact that uh, combined among the team, this, this is a crazy stat. There are, let's see here, a total of um, 476 career starts on the roster amongst all the players. That's that's insane. Out of the – out of all the players that are not true freshmen, only one player hasn't recorded one career start, and that's Victor Locken, and that could change this season. So um, a lot of excitement, a lot of unknown heading into this year for West Miller in year two, uh, and I think, you know, slowly it'll, it'll start to be answered. I, I don't think you can draw too much from the Chaminade game. You probably can't leave there saying, we won by 30, we're going to win it all. Uh, more of a just chance to kind of see the new faces and and, and get a feel of what uh, year two under West Miller is going to look like. I guess I'll I'll start off by by going around the horn of of what uh, what everyone's most excited about. I'm going to do the same thing. Start down with Ryan, pass it over to Aaron, back up to Chad. Just just most excited about Monday night getting the team back in Fifth Third Arena against the Silver Swords. Ladies in the chat. Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> I'm just excited to see West Miller basketball. I mean, I know there's there's an energy around him that I I just think is special. I think that will directly translate over to this team. I think a whole offseason, just a whole nother year uh, with him and putting together his staff, his guys. I mean, I trust everything that um, that he's got. He just has that like it factor. So I'm just excited to watch a West Miller basketball team take the court that's basically been under his watch now for a whole full off season, done a whole, whole, done a whole thing in the monster factory again. So 
I'm just ready to watch some good quality basketball, fast paced, aggressive, intense. That's the kind of energy West brings. That's the kind of energy I love. So I'm just excited for West Miller B-ball, baby. Come on. There we go. There we go. 22 hours from now, we're going to have a little bit of, little bit of synopsis, 18 minutes into the game. Aaron, what are you excited about? I was kind of on the same page as Ryan, uh, just kind of wanting to see the evolution of the West Miller program, uh, kind of wanting to see what it looks like now that we have a one-two punch with not just David DeJulius, not just JD, but also, I, I guess, uh, one-two-three punch even with, with Landers and Ollie now in the mix, um, getting to see what some of the incoming freshmen look like and Skillings and Josh Reed um, and, and kind of seeing what the evolution of uh, the guys that they brought in and also, you know, wanting to see Vic getting his second year with Wes. And um, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited. I think that there's a lot more. I know we were excited last year for Wes to kind of get his hands on this program and see what he was able to do with it. Uh, but just kind of getting to see year two as, as you know, Brian kind of already hit the major points I was going to get to with the uh, <laughs> with the offseason and a lot of these guys experiencing their first offseason ever. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Chad, you've been around the team the most. Uh, you obviously know the most about the team, so maybe one that, that people aren't really thinking about that you uh, are excited to see tomorrow. I want to see what having more length and athleticism looks like in West mm-hmm. Miller's system. I mean, that was a problem that they had last year. Now they were able to alleviate some of that because of the rim protection that they had. And, and you know, that's not going to be uh, a strength this year. But not just in, like, in terms of full-court pressure or, like, press or three-quarter court, but as they come together as a defense, what does the pressure look like even in half-court? How much are they able to use that length to get after teams to 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 do more in terms of disrupting ball screens out at the top, like to be able to ice and be able to to keep your man on the guy he's guarding without having to switch, without having to have a big man high hedge or hedge and recover and put your defense out of position and into scramble mode. Um I'm interested with that more than anything. Like what, what does now that we're actually going to get that? Cause, because I don't think last year really counts. No. It, it, there was such a shit show mm-hmm. happening in terms of having to like, maybe convince guys to stay that you probably wouldn't have in a different situation, but you didn't want to go full Mick Cronin and, and have, like, one walk-on, um, you know, uh, a, one scholarship player and a refugee from, you know, Hurricane Katrina. Cedric McGowan, Brandon Miller, and Ronald Allen. That's a good starting three. Let's see what you can do with it. Right. Like, so that part, like, we heard so much about when West was able to get Green, UNC Greensboro rolling – it was because they had that length and that athleticism and that ability to get after people. Yeah. I want to see more of that this year. I want to see what that is going to look like as we get further and further into the West Miller era. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I want to see who's going to. How about step you, Brent? What are you excited about? You know, what? I want. I want to see who steps up, uh, and and kind of looks like they are ready to become just just a dog on the boards. Uh, you know, the, the staple of Cincinnati basketball is always rebounding. It it's been for since forever I followed it, and the last few seasons there just hasn't been that dog. It's you know, Trey Scott was the last one that we had. And then since then, it's it's just been it's been a struggle to to really dominate the boards. Uh, I think there's there's some pieces on the team. You know, did did Odio Guama take some steps in the offseason where he's ready to take the next step? Victor Lockin is he the one that's going to step up? You, you know, he had good rebounding numbers when he was on the court for extended minutes. Is he ready to take that step up? Kalu Zikbe, I, you know, he he was on the court with with one of the best rebounders in. In the country, it was like a top 60 in offensive defensive rebound. Isn't he supposed to average year. almost 10? Justin Burke did say that, so shout out to Burke. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, is is he ready to be the one that steps up and dominates? I mean, last year, can anyone on the, on this panel tell me who led the team in rebounding last year? It's it's kind of a shocking answer. Davenport? Yeah, that's Jeremiah Davenport. That's what I would have guessed. Uh, you know, 5.5 boards per game. Last year. Now you've got to have somebody up in that seven and a half, eight range. You have to. They're rotating a bunch in at the center position. So, you know, it's kind of a interesting look at that, but who's going to be that, that, that guy that just goes after boards with, with reckless abandon. Uh, You know, we, that's what we've been known to, to really follow and really love as, as Bearcat fans. So I want to see, I want to see who it's going to be. Who's going to be the Windex man. Yeah. The give glass me, cleaner. Give me someone. I, you know, if, if it's Jeremiah Davenport again, then so be it. Three and re. Threes and rebounds. I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love it. But, uh, but yeah, Shamanak, Silver Swords. I appreciate you shouting, the, uh, call, calling back on that. I was the one who came up with that. <laughs> yes, I was. Go check the tapes. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> check the tapes. It was just last week. Anyway. Uh Oh, I'm, I'm I'm sure the spread's probably 35 or something. So, you know, don't draw too much, but get excited about. I don't think they do spreads for. They don't. Uh, D2 games or whatever. I, there probably will be a. a, a if you want you a spread, I can find you a spread. Oh, you I definitely can. I can get you a spread. Don't worry about that. But maybe I'll check with. Uh, well, never mind. I don't want to get into our new. Or with, with what I got in the works, what I got cooking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get yeah. Some cooking. Okay. I mean, yeah, we don't need we don't need to get the if they uh, can afford us now. They just they just paid five million dollars to Mattress Max, so oh. I don't think they can afford us anymore. Seventy five million. No, well, the, the 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 company that we're oh they were in the mix with it. Okay, yeah, seventy five. They were with Mattress Mac at every game. Okay, all right. Quick uh, quick research, you can figure out who that is, but. This is uh, it's, it's a game where we get to see the new faces. I, I'm excited to see King of Skillings. I'm excited to see Rob Fennessy going to shout out, you know, McCutcheon High School. See if see if Rob gets that gets that quick look up. Like, whoa, what? Uh, but you know, who knows? We'll uh, it'll be fun to see how the team meshes, how the team works. But leading into the first game of the year, we've got to do some some season superlatives. And uh, there's a starting five question in the mailbag, so I'll leave that starting five question for the mailbag i'm gonna ask everyone who they think they're starting sorry they're they're leading scorer this season i think there's probably three that'll be in the running for this uh, i think there's one definite 
leader in the clubhouse. Um, as far as guesses go, I'm I'm gonna pass it down to Ryan again and, and work all the way around. Ryan, leading scorer at the end of the year for your 2022-23 Cincinnati Bearcat basketball team. I'm going Mr. X Memphis, Mr. Nolly. That's okay. gonna be my leading scorer. Pretty easy pick, I thought, for me. Okay. Wow. Smart move. Smart move, yeah. Aaron. Nolly. It's yeah, I think that's an easy one. Smart move. Smart move, Chad. How about you? What What do you think, Brent? Well, uh, I think it's Landers Nolly, but to avoid the 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 four Landers Nollies in a row underneath on the banner, which only leads to bad things happening, <laughs> I'm gonna be the guy who picks DeJulius. David DeJulius. How about that? Uh, well, Berg already went with with Jeremiah Davenport. Okay, there we go. So we so we covered that base. So I think it's going to be Landers Nolly because <laughs> <laughs> wants it to be Landers Nolly, but I'm going to give some, some love to to David DeJulius as well. Um, just just he, the game's going to be more wide open for him this year. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot of chances to get a lot of points, but uh, Landers will have more. But you know, got got a shout out, Dave. Chad, I'm going, I'm going CJ Anthony. Um, yeah. I think he's going to have a big year. Okay, there you go. No, Landers Nolly, come on. Landers, how many points? I think there's going to be some balance here. Uh, I'll go six. I'll go somewhere fifteen and a half. How about fifteen point five? Okay. And you know it's it's, it's interesting because Landers averaged fifteen point five his first year at Virginia Tech, and then since was then, first team all AAC all ACC freshman. freshman. And then he had thirteen point one in his first year at Memphis. Last year, 9.8, but that was a weird Memphis team with a lot of players wanting to get a lot of touches. That was uh, – Why did he leave to? Florida State? I mean, Virginia Tech, I'm sorry. You know, Chad, do you have an answer to that one? I think what? Was there a – I don't think there was a coaching change there. I, I'm trying to remember back. I think we've lost Chad for, the, for a second, but if I imagine – If we're being honest – because he didn't feel like he got the ball enough. Hmm. He thought All he right. should have been more, more featured. So now that's an 18 year old kid that, you know, set the world on fire. In yeah. Weekend. Felt like, yeah. And felt like, you know, I should be more like how they use me in Maui. Yeah. And I think at times, like, he probably didn't get the greatest advice back early in his career. I think he's now a kid that's working with a lot of uh, added maturity and knowledge of the situation and system and how things play mm-hmm. uh, in the college basketball world. But at that point in time, it's kind of selfish. It kind of felt like Memphis. Because that was a shit show last year. Yeah. Everybody left Memphis. Yeah. Except for DeAndre Williams, who is 36 years old. 37. <laughs> but uh, who's counting? I, I He just had a birthday. I missed it. Sorry. Yeah, that's my bad. That's on me. That's on me. Hand up. That's on me. Everybody left that Memphis team. Like, it was just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was first team All-American, All-AAC, uh, his first year at Memphis. And then last mm-hmm. year, there was just this – weird vibe between the freshmen that they brought in and they had a bunch older of guys. older guys that were in pennies like early part of his Memphis tenure 
And then they brought back they another old guy. To, they were supposed yeah. to be like the feature guys because they had, you know, two, three years together. And then they brought in this new wave and it, it, it didn't yeah. click. But hey, man. I, Everybody got out of town. They made it to the tournament and they actually looked pretty good in the tournament as well. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, a lot of guys lot of from the city of Memphis were like, I'm out of here, I can't do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so hometown heroes. And will. now they've got what Mikey Mikey Williams coming in and I mean I don't know. The uh, Penny Penny keeps <laughs> doing Taylor these, and Mikey Williams. Yeah, right. Yeah. He 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 Amani Bates Bates two and, and 3.0 coming on into uh to Memphis. But hey, who, who knows? Uh leading rebounder. I'm going to go Chad and then all the way around. This one I feel like is probably the toughest to come up with the uh, with the solid guess on, but leading rebounder, Chad. I want to say Kalu. Right. Um, but I, like, I just don't know how minutes are going to be distributed at the center. Yeah. If he's the, the primary minutes guy at center – I think he probably leads the team in rebounding, but I think so much of it is going to be done on a by committee basis. Right. Yeah. That I, you know, I think it's going to be somebody different every night where like Trey Scott senior year, you knew it, like there was a 90% chance Trey Scott was going to lead the team in rebounding that game. Right. Come hell or high water, he was going to have more rebounds than anybody else. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case with this team. So, I'm going to say Kalu, but I'm not confident in that really at all. Yeah. Aaron? I'm going to go Odie. Okay. I'm going Kalu. Okay. I, so the the thing is, it, it's going to, as you said, Chad, it's going to come down who gets the most minutes and who is able to, to, to use those minutes best because uh, – I mean, you look back, I, and, and I don't really like the per 40-minute stats at all. But uh, you know, but I'm going to use them anyway. I am going to because, you know, like Victor Locken, take take him for example. If, if he is up to the ability to have extended minutes and ready to make an impact on the team this year, I, he, he led the team last year in, in per 40-minute rebounds. And you remember last season there was an absolute log jam at the center position. Yeah. Wow. Three different, four different players playing playing center slash four throughout the game, and numerous games, uh, and and none of them really got you know found their footing. But in the games where he played more, and, and even in the games where Odie played more, they had they either led the team in rebounds, had double digit rebounds, or they're right near that uh, that ten rebound threshold. Uh, so, I mean, I think it'll probably be Kalu just based off of how he's going to be. On the court, the most probably projected, but if Vic he was at what seven and a half or so at Old Dominion, yeah, seven point one. But he had this guy on his team uh, named Austin Trice, and Trice was the thirty-first in the country in defensive rebound percentage, sixty-sixth in the country in offensive rebound percentage. So he was he was a really good rebounder. Uh, he he led the team, and so he gobbled up a bunch of rebounds that probably should have gone to Kalu. He he averaged nine rebounds a game to lead that team. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Kalu probably is, is the favorite there, but if, if Vic's ready to take that next step, we've, we've heard the staff talk about him a lot, then, uh, I'm going to go Vic. I, I'm also being the, the, the Aaron of this 
segment, being the devil's advocate, kind of. So I don't kind of just go uh, straight, straight flush across the board. So I said Odie. I'll go Vic. Yeah, I know. But you didn't say anything after Odie. But I agree. I didn't give a seven-minute answer about who's going to lead the team in rebounding. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. All right. Uh, Warrior say- gave a three-word answer, so Brent felt like he had to make up for it. I did. <laughs> I did. All right. Assist. My bad. <laughs> assist. Aaron, go. Assist. I say fantasy. I think he's going to have the most opportunity uh, at that point guard position, especially as a distributor. Okay. Uh, Dave. Yeah. Okay. I think Dave's Dave gonna, as well. Yeah. I think Dave's going to split a lot of time uh, between the one and the two. Um, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Even when he's at the two, he has the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to have more weapons on the wing uh, to help him when he has the ball in his hands. Um, so I'm going to go Dave. He's been playing basketball for a long time. He's played a lot of basketball. I think he knows the kind of weapons he has, and I think he's going to just use his high basketball IQ, his experience to get him the ball and have uh, the best guy with the best chance to make the shot. So. That could be him sometimes. It could be Nolly, uh, but I think he's – I'm going with him. Thanks, Michael. Good to have you. Appreciate you. Uh, Dave DeJulius. All right, so who do you guys think is going to be leading the team in blocks this year? Blocks. And again, another question probably predicated with uh, with the amount of minutes given, but uh, leading the team in blocks. Ryan Royer. Uh, I was going between Odie and, and Vic, but I ended up deciding with, with Odie. Okay. Odie's okay. my, I don't have much of an analysis to give on it, but I know he's a, he'll, he's going to provide some great defense, great energy off the bench. Um, I think that he's just going to find his way around the ball and whenever you're around the ball, you got chances to make plays. Amen. Uh, Aaron, I'm going Laners Nolly on this. Really? Really? Yeah, largely because I like his length, and I think that because he's going to be on the floor the most out of everybody, I think that's going to be an opportunity for the most blocks. Uh, and, and the only difference between him and DDJ is he's significantly taller. Okay. Chad? I'm going to go Vic. I think Vic has the most length. I think he – of the I mean, this isn't saying a whole lot because I don't think other than maybe Sage, like – two, three years from now. Right. I don't think there's a natural shot blocker on this roster. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go Vic. Okay. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't get him in foul trouble trying to lead the team in block shots, man. But you know what? Use the fouls, man. Who cares? Got enough, uh, got enough depth down there. Uh, I'm going Kalu. Uh, I think he, uh, I think he's just athletic enough. I think he's going to, you know, it, it you hear, the staff talk about how, you know, they're amazed by his offensive skill and, and how he's able to do this, that, and the other and, and be a playmaker on that side of the, of the court and how they want him to really show his, his you know, ferocity and strength defensively. They want him to step up. They want him to, to crash the boards more and use his, you know, athletic ability. And I think he's going to listen to that. He's going to hone in and he's going to do it. Uh, Average 1.1 blocks per game last year. Had, had a pretty good block percentage as well. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Kalu. And then, last but not least, steals per game. Leading the team in steals. 
Chad. I think this one's obvious, right? Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's Rob. Okay. Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Elite on ball defender. He's gonna he's gonna be in there quite a bit. Um, they're gonna use him as an elite on ball defender. Mm -hmm. uh, he's gonna pressure whoever you know is trying to initiate offense for the opposing team. So, um, Tonk, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> uh, I, I just think it, it leads. I think Mike is going to be close, but I think I'll go with Rob. Aaron? I don't know how you can not go on Rob. They brought him in for his defense, and he's going to have probably the best opportunity for showing out, especially in the Steels game. Um, also kind of – you're not going to be starting him if he's not going to be throwing up points if he's not doing things like assistant steals. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, Ryan. I'm going to keep. Uh, I'm going to keep it going. I agree with the the two before me. I'm going Rob. Okay. Uh, I'm going Newman. I think uh, he's going to come in off the bench and or or start some games that he's needed um, and just kind of. You know, it looks like he's taking a step up in his progression as well. Just by blue guy getting a full off season, but I think that he's a guy that's going to go out there and, and Wes is going to tell him, "Hey, just just get after it, man. Just be aggressive right off the bat." And uh, you know, it doesn't take much to lead the team in assists. Uh, he led the team Steel. last year. It, sorry, steals. He led the team last year, uh, averaging one a game, but obviously had a lot of more minutes. So we'll see how the minutes really feed out. Speaking of minutes, how about quickly just. Who's going to lead the team in minutes? Nolly. Nolly? Yep. Okay. Nolly. He's got to be on the floor. He's our best player. Yeah. I'm going David DeJulius, uh, most minutes. Chad, most minutes? Nolly. Okay. There we go. Round the horn. I mean, I, I do think there's an argument for Dave because he's going to split between the one and the two, I think, at times. Right. So I think that can potentially, you know, give you a slight edge. Um, I just think it's you're gonna you're gonna need Landers' offensive production on the floor, yeah, more often than not. I agree. I agree. Uh, now I've got kind of an interesting question for you guys. It's just involving the, the the freshman. Well, first off, sixth man of the year. Are we all in agreement with with uh, Newman? Sixth man of the year. Or Micah. Okay. I mean, one of those two, or Vic. Yeah, right. Vic, yeah. Depending on how some, I mean, that, and that automatically, like, if we're talking three potential guys to be the sixth man, then you have to feel good about your depth, right? That that you know. you've got a, a point guard, a wing, and a big man that you expect to play a lot that you're not projecting to start. Um, I think that bodes well for this team as they go through a long season. Okay. Three biggest surprise this year? Any Anything jumping out at you, Aaron? Jarrett Hensley. Okay. That's the right answer. Okay. We uh, we see him at the five a, a fair amount when he calls. Some. I, I think you're going to see him at the four, at the five. He can play the three if you need him to. That's mostly what he played last year. Um. See, this is where you get yourself in trouble, Royer. Now Tom thinks he can make you drink on command. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monkey, Two dollars, monkey full, monkey, monkey full, not, monkey and, not drinking another one. <laughs> and those are your roommate's fears. Like you, yeah. you don't want to create havoc no. in the house. Yeah. yeah. 
One, you can get away with. Two, he's going to notice. <laughs> yeah, there's only two left. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, yeah. We're screwed, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I'm staying the night in Cincy on Thursday, so get ready to chug plenty more than just one. Anyway, Let's go. Uh, aside from that, guys, uh, kind of a freshman superlative for you. Will there be a game this year where it, it, there's a freshman who leads the team in scoring? Uh, no, I don't think I'm so. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with a no as well. Okay, I obviously Daniel Skillings would probably be the one pick to potentially do it. I think the last time a true freshman led the team in scoring would, I I mean I imagine it would be during one of the John Brandon years. I probably should have done a little research before I. Throughout randoms, but uh, I, I always go back to thinking about, you know, obviously Jaron Cumberland as a freshman, uh, Jacob Evans as a freshman. They all were kind of ready to right there around where Skillings was. Skillings coming in, known as a big time point scorer. Who knows? One game, maybe Landers gets an early foul trouble, or, you know, there's a need to get Dan extended minutes and he can come out and lead the team in points. I'm going to say, yeah, why not? One game late in the year where the teams maybe wins by 15 to 20 and Skillings leads the team with 14, 15 points. Why not? Uh, last but not least, guys, thoughts on the season. Uh, you can get exact guesses as far as uh, the overall record if you want to. Uh, the Ken Palm has Cincinnati going 21 and 8. On the year, 12 and 6 in conference. We did pretty good, Chad. Uh, I'm at like 22, 23 wins is where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Okay. 22, 23 with a victory in – or victory two in the conference tournament. Now all of a sudden you're an NCAA tournament team. Are we all hopping on that boat? I think they'll be on the bubble. Yeah, I had them at a bubble team. Aaron, you're right there with it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this roster still isn't, I don't think, quite where coach. It's not a great roster yet. Like, it's not, you're not, for me, a great roster is like we're talking about if if things go well, they're a protected seed, a three seed, a four seed, a five seed, somewhere in there right. going into the NCAA tournament. I don't think this team is, is there. So... Uh, most of the metrics, if you look at, you know, Ken Palm and, and whatever, they're right around 50. Um, I think they can, if things come together, they can push up into that 35, 30 range. But I think that's about the ceiling, the ceiling for this team is to be a top 30, 35 type team. Right. Things fall apart or somebody gets, somebody, a key piece gets hurt. That is going to be a huge impact. So they don't have a lot of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, the important thing to note, I think, as we're doing this preseason stuff. Yeah. Rebounding and rim protection. Uh, if, if they can figure out the rebounding and rim protection, I think they've added the scoring. They've added the floor spacing. They've added the, the ability to get out on shooters, close out on shooters with length rebounding and rim protection if they can get that that going by you know heading into conference play then i think this team takes that next step 
Uh, you know, if, if there's still question marks, if, if Vic still seems to be one year away, if, if Kalu is solid, but not that, that extra stuff that you need, then, then yeah, there's going to be a lot of question marks and a lot of frustrating games here and there, but I think there'll be a lot of wins through frustrating games as well. Um, the AAC is not good. They are, uh, there's Houston and then everyone else in my eyes. I, so that's, that's one thing boding well for the Bearcats. And I agree with you guys. I think they're a tournament team. Uh, bubble team will have me happy. I read those bubble watch articles. They, they make me pull my hair out because I have you know so much optimism for the team. So when someone else says something bad, I'm like, no, you're, don't think about that. But uh, you know, <laughs> go, into, go into Honolulu, have a good time, win, win a couple or win the whole thing. Who knows? But uh, – then, then come back and, and keep riding that wave. So we'll see. Should be a lot of fun as that is tipping off tomorrow night, 7 p.m., 5th, 3rd Arena. Get out there. It is on ESPN Plus as well. But uh, the Chaminade Silver Swords coming to the mainland. Show them uh, what Cincinnati chili is. How about that? Hmm. But, How uh, about that? Anything else basketball-wise? Obviously, there's going to be plenty more to talk about. After three games in seven days, next week on, on next, the next Monday show, there's this is going to be a lot. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. ECU three basketball games. Oh, and then a full deep dive into the Temple Owls. How about that? There we go. Timestamp. Quick paper supply. Quick paper supply. Your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries. They've been open since 2009, are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning restroom supplies. For all your janitorial needs, call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Uh, quickly, before we go in the mailbag, a couple of key visitors on campus for uh, football. Uh, this past weekend. Uh, Chad, do you get any early reports on how the unofficial visits were, or is that kind of... Uh, they went well. Okay. Very, very good answer. I uh, appreciate that <laughs> response out of you. But, uh, but yeah. I that mean, was deep. That was. Uh, visit, I mean, that's what they do. Official visits go well. Unofficial, right? Unofficial visits go yeah. well. Um, Official visits go great. Unofficial visits go well. Yeah, okay. I, I know that. they're they're really happy with with where they're at um, right now with Jordan Marshall, but I mean that's much like Danny O'Neill. There's there's a couple schools that have prioritized Danny O'Neill. There's a bunch of schools that have prioritized Jordan Marshall. Um, mm -hmm. Cincinnati, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, it's it's going to be a battle. But he's a kid that that has liked his time in Clifton and has liked the message that the staff has given to him. Uh, I know he said, I'm not coming unless you guys get Corey Kiner more touches. So we'll see how they handle that going forward. Wow. Breaking news. Put that out on Twitter. Kidding. Put it out on Twitter. Kidding. Jesus. People are about you to guys run are so with it. Sensitive. Straight to the boards. But Danny O'Neill said, you know, he liked what he saw that, you know, a kid from out of town like Ben Bryant uh, has been given, you know, the, the starting job at quarterback. So oh, I, I thought you were going to say that he liked that a kid from his 
high school who graduated from there came up and said hi to his family and was very nice and and, and said uh, you know push forward go Irish as we capture another state championship winning sectionals this past weekend Danny O'Neill Cathedral fighting Irish yeah you're creepy it happened it happened I know I know yeah, the parents know me so it's good but, oh uh, so you already have an existing relationship with said parents yes okay that's fine I said that on the last pod you did do that anyway I don't listen I can tell uh, anyway uh time for the mailbag uh, well actually basketball recruiting real quick uh Wes was was out on uh on the road tiny bit a little bit uh, yeah they, they they didn't have practice on Friday so he hit the road for a little bit uh went and saw Travis Perry 2024 guard from uh down in Kentucky who plays uh with Indiana Elite um teammate of Flory Badunga and then went down to uh uh overtime elite and saw Santo Cyril play on Saturday or on Friday night that Friday yeah. night a lot of people starting to get hot on Santo. Michigan State just threw an offer to Flory. So those those recruitments Kathy, are obviously heating up. Kathy, you don't have a sarcasm meter, do you? Like you the sarcasm just all right. <laughs> Mailbag. Starting off with the football portion of the mailbag. Thanks to everyone who did make their submissions on a late notice that we were doing a Sunday show. Um by late, I mean, we've been talking about it since like two weeks ago, but here we are. Is there anything the team can do to help with drops? Get on the jugs machine. It's about all you can do. Run, make sure you're practicing at full speed and just look the ball in. <laughs> you're better at answering that than I am, Ryan. Yeah, that's about it. You just got to practice, practice like it's a game and get extra work in. All right. I was going to make a bad dad joke about the jugs machine, but I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> uh, who are the legit players who could go to the NFL after the season? Who are the seniors with an extra year left? As far as who could leave early, I, I haven't gotten to the like. It's hard to keep up anymore, but just yet. with all the all the COVID and. I yeah, mean, uh, I, I mean, the guesses shirt. would be Tyler Scott leaving early. Uh Ivan Pace can come back for another year, so him leaving early would be technically one. Um, Deshaun. Deshaun Pace, yeah. Anybody that's after their third – if they've pl- have been in college for three years, they can go. Um, right. Or you could stay I mean, like, Yeah, or like, you know, Malik could, could come back, but I'm not expecting that. Um, Jabari's done. Jabari's uh, done. Huber's done. Wiley's going to be done. Wiley, done. Wiley could, I think. Yeah. Technically, but I think Arquan has a COVID if he wants to use it. Chuck done. I think Lenny's was, done. Chuck's got one more year. Does he really? Well, Chuck had a double, double yeah. medical. Yeah. So Chuck might have five more years. <laughs> I think he does. Like because of COVID and the double medical and. Red shirt, like Chuck didn't red shirt, so he could red shirt technically. Like Chuck might be a Bearcat in when they play Army in 2031. <laughs> That'd, be That'd be something. That'd be something. 
I, I'm not. That's off season stuff, and I'm not in off season mode. And I think Ryan, you can attest to this. Most of these conversations have not happened yet. No, on where guys' after, brains are at after the happens, conference yeah. championship or like after, when that's decided. Yeah, bowl practice and then after the bowl. Yeah, but a lot of time, most of the time before the bowl. In yeah. that period from when the regular season or if you play for a conference championship, from that point until the start of bowl practice, there's a couple weeks there where they sit down and have a lot of those conversations. Mm-hmm. Or at least the beginning of those conversations. Because I know going into the Peach Bowl, like they fully believed like Kobe was going to go. Yeah. And then the way they lost the Peach Bowl, Kobe was like, I think I need to, I think I need to do one more to make this right. So it's fluid, but it's hard to even put a guess on that stuff because the conversations just haven't happened yet. Mm -hmm. I've heard Evans looking at the NFL. Uh, He would be draft eligible. Yes. (laughs) I also heard he's going to start next week because of all the fans complaining too. Yeah. All right, moving on. What's up with Corey Kiner? Is he hurt in the doghouse or is it youth? He's third on the depth chart. He was hurt during a camp. Yeah. That is a factor. Back and forth. He had a finger injury um, that, that kind of has messed with him for two games. Uh, one because of the cut and then another because of an infection. He, he's going to be fine, guys. Right now, he's just running third. All right. What's the Skyline Slider recipe? There's Brent, actually how was two, it? two requests it was in the bag it was for good. this recipe. By the way. Okay. So you brown up, uh, depending on how much you want to make. This time I did two pounds of ground beef. You get some Cincinnati chili seasoning. The stuff I get is from in Newport. There's a spice company on Mama Street right next to Everett's Meats, which is my butcher. There's a guy that owns a spice company. He does great stuff, has awesome, like custom spice blends. He makes from what I've tried, the best Cincinnati chili spice rub that I've found. You put that in the ground up uh, beef. You cut up like half a pack of hot dogs. I cut them in half and then chop them in like quarter inch uh, little pieces. You put those in with the, the ground beef. Mix that up. Let it cook for a little bit. Let the flavor get in there. Then you do a couple cubes of Velveeta to give it like a thickening agent. You get the King's Hawaiian rolls, slice those bad boys in half, put some mustard on the bottom and the top. You put the mixture on the buns. You put some cheddar cheese like you would get on top of a cheese coney on top of the mixture. Put the lid on, put it in the oven, 10, 15 minutes, let the buns get warm. Good to go. Very easy. It's a it's a simple recipe. For those of you who aren't Chad, add your diced onions. I would do if you're going to do diced onions. I would do it like a cheese coney when you put that shredded cheese on. Yep. Put the onions on top of the shredded cheese or underneath the shredded cheese if you so desire. Uh, because if you do them, if you cook them into the chili, the whole point of having the the onions on the cheese coney is the raw onions, right? Right. If you cook them into the beef, they're going to get translucent and you're not going to have that raw onion flavor. So I wouldn't, if I did onions, I wouldn't cook them in the beef 
like you would normally do with chili. I would do it like you do with the cheese coney and put it on at the end, right before you put it in the oven. That's food with Chad. <laughs> I can cook. I, what, 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 you know? I, I'm just mad that I Brent got the last one. Uh, when was the last time the, the Bearcats had two different receivers catch 10-plus passes in back-to-back weeks? Is that answer never? Who needs to catch 10 next week versus ECU to get the dub? Uh, I don't know. We would win. It would be Tyler Scott, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't even think we need that, though. We don't need that. Balance. But they've been at their best when Tyler and Trey have been factors. But I would say we've seen Josh coming on and being involved yeah. more. And Jaden has been excellent yeah. when they've gotten him the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority camp or not, but I don't want to be in a shootout with ECU. No. So I'm hoping that they get back to balance. Okay. But, um, stats research question. It seems – like this offense isn't scoring as many points as usual when looking at metrics like points per possession is scoring really down or are we just imagining things? Uh, that's a Dave question more than anything. Cause Dave is the stats nerd. Um, what I would say was there was a definite like two game, two and a half game stretch where the offense didn't look like it should look. Some of that was Tyler Scott being out, but through the start of conference play, it was too inconsistent. So um, metrics-wise, I think that would bear that out because they they saw their, you know, they were averaging over 40 points a game through the Indiana game, and that has kind of taken a, a pretty substantial dip since then. Um, some of that is number of possessions. Some of that is just general offensive consistency. I think a lot of it is – um struggles in the red zone struggles on third down sustaining drives um i think this offense has been really good i would not call this offense like great or you know uh one of the best offenses overall in program history and i'm sure some of that has to do with when the passing game has been good the running game has been non-existent when the running game has been good you know, there was three games. They were right at about 200 yards a game. Then the passing game has kind of fallen off. We haven't seen really, you know, a 350 or 310 passing yard game coupled with a 190-yard rushing game. And that's when you're going to get the explosion of points because you have balance. You're keeping a defense on its heels, and you're able to convert those drives down the field into touchdowns what? Ryan well yep. it's complimentary football you're exactly right and it just seems like whenever one thing's clicking something else isn't and that's been just with the team as a whole um yeah. but I think you hit it spot on anything thank bad? you Brent <laughs> yes thank you Aaron uh yeah so what I was gonna say is that it uh the tape came out as well. Uh, the office was on fire for you know a while in the you know second half of Arkansas all the way through the first half of Indiana, and then you get the tape out on Ben Bryant and the offense and what they like to run, where they where they like to look, and then that's when you start to see okay, well we need to make these adjustments and teams make adjustments and 
I think that ties into it as well on top of everything that you guys mentioned. So, yep. All right. Will there be any announcements soon or renderings from the indoor practice facility seems to have been forgotten a bit? The season is happening, Wax Cat. Like it, we're, we're busy right now. <laughs> I'm sure they're working on it. I know that that has been kind of in the works, but I have not heard a timeline on when we're going to see. You know, we've seen the... Um, uh, what, the, the, the concept art? Uh, but I, I have not heard a range on when we're going to see the uh, the actual real renderings from the design company. Have they even decided on a design company yet? Above my pay grade, I have not heard. I'm not. I, I think didn't Tobe say they didn't win that I, when we had when him he, on? When he was on, he said they were still going through the bid process. Um, okay, so I'm not sure if that's gone anywhere in the last two weeks. He said they didn't. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much content on this channel. Does Chad know who the apparel deal is going to be with? And it's just keeping it quiet. Well, I think what? more than Chad. What? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> are we? Are Are we doing weird things that say what it is, or no? Oh. I, I didn't. I didn't really. All right. Press, anytime you say, "Are we doing weird things?" the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> no. We're not. We're not doing weird things on a live feed. Okay, I hear you. Basketball. <laughs> I never wear my hat backwards, so that was weird. <laughs> uh, basketball. Who is the starting five versus Chaminade on Monday, and then Tulane on December 29th? I kind of like SMU on senior night. I'm not. You guys have fun. Like, well, 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 no. Kelly, Kelly's still calling me. I'll I'll be back. I've got more of a different, like, twist to this question. So, Wes started last year. It was point guard, Mike Adam Woods, shooting guard, or or two, David Julius, then Newman, then JD, then Abdul Adele. So, he did those five started for. 31 or more games throughout the entire year. And DDJ started all 33. So I, I guess the twist to the question for me is, will there be more variation in the starting five? Or will Wes kind of find one that he likes through the first three or four games and then kind of stick with that the rest of the way? I don't think Coaches don't be... want to have a lot of different starting five. Yeah, I, no, I, I right, don't think there's right. going to be a ton of that. Right, but but I I just thought it was kind of crazy how it, it truly was literally this is the starting five and they wrote it the entire season and I mean clearly those were the better players probably in that situation as well but you know there was never a, a shift to to Mikey Saunders in the starting five there was never a shift to different different players here and there so Tom, Tom forgot not the having the player. best player on the team in your starting five. <laughs> Can I give him like? Can I give him eight dollars back? I don't know. For that take, they like, just give him eight dollars back. I don't know if that's. I don't. I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> uh, uh, but to answer, directed Rob, Dave, Landers, JD, Kalu. Yeah, that's what we all said. 
<laughs> ah. uh, love you, Tom. Just having some fun, buddy. Um, I'm with you, though. Like, I don't think there's going to be a ton of, of variation. I think that Wes, unless there's inj- bar- barring injury, really, right. um, I think it's going to be what it is. I, I don't know that you're going to see – I don't know that anybody's close enough to crack. I, John, Except for maybe Newman Mike Adams Woods. Newman is definitely close enough to crack. Like, if they really Next. feel like they're struggling defensively – then you know there's a, a scenario where you move Dave to, to the one. To the one. You yep. get Newman, Nolly, and JD on the floor together. Um, Vic and Kalu. There's a, a, a situation like, like it's what we just talked about. Right. They have three guys potentially on the bench that they feel like can be starter level. So if something's not clicking, any of those three, I think you could move in on a on a trial basis, but I think the five that we're looking at are probably more often than not going to be the five. I agree. Ryan, you all right? Hopefully. That Labatt Blue? Got him. Yep, got him. Way to go, Tonk. You killed Royer. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to do an AAC recap during basketball season? Probably. I mean – we're we're big on structure, Aaron. Yeah, we like right. we like having structure. We, we like not having to come up with what the hell we're <laughs> going to talk about every night. Yes, right. So I would imagine Sunday nights will remain AAC recap night, but this time for basketball. Good to have good, you back, Brian. Good buddy. Yeah, I was using the restroom. Sorry. <laughs> we thought we thought Tonk killed you. Yeah, using the restroom, I was throwing up that Labatt. all right um which five guys make up the scout team and what are their roles and responsibilities like in a normal week of practice how deep do they go in learning and recreating opposing styles of play um so it's the it's the GAs. Well, there's there's one more part of this question. Is okay. Wes it didn't fit in here? Uh, is Wes's use of a scout team like this common in the game or more unique to him? It's pretty unique to Wes. Um, I haven't seen this like be a thing elsewhere. The way that he does it, he's very like very. The scout team is like an extension of the staff. Like they have a like a scout team meeting before practice. Like it's it's it, they're very much a part of the program. Um, it's very like weirdly enough, it's very similar to ha- what happens in women's basketball. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in women's basketball, they generally have a scout team that is uh, made up of um, a group of guys on campus that generally played high school basketball or, you know, have basketball in their background and they play against the women's team as the scout team. Um, so I've seen this on the women's side a lot more than I've seen it on the men's side. I, I, I'm interested to ask Wes, like where he got this scout team philosophy, but it's the, the three grad assistants um, and the walk-ons that generally make up the scout team. And then you'll see some, uh, the freshmen working into the scout team a little bit as well, just to give them, you know, a little bit extra juice. Like, it, you, 
you don't have anybody on the scout team that can guard a five, right? So Sage, you can put on the scout team at times to give you a, somebody that can guard a five in those scout team settings. Um, but he's all in on it, man. He's big on the scout team. It's okay. one of the things from a West Miller practice that is drastically different, different from a, like a Mick Cronin practice um, in terms of like having a dedicated scout team that, that you have the, you know, the, the, in practice, they split them up into, you know, the, the white team with the white jerseys, the black team with the black jerseys. I don't want to get myself in trouble there. So I had to clarify. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, they run a lot, like a good portion of practice strictly against the scout team because the scout team is um, versed on what the staff is trying to accomplish that day and get out of each of those units when they're on the floor. So, yeah. All right. Ten days out on announcement day. Are we solidly in second place for Collier? I'm expecting Collier to go to USC. If, if they pull this off down the stretch, I know they, they, they still believe they have a chance. They still believe that they're in it. They have not stopped recruiting him, but – the read I get from talking to people and friends I have around the country, um, I, I think the answer is going to be USC. I, I mean, I, that's as, as basic as I can put it. They're, they're fighting to the finish. They're never giving in. But I do think ultimately he ends up out west. If, if you hop on a social media, there's plenty of people saying, I know where he's going, cash at me, and I'll tell you. So uh, That sounds legit. I'd do that. You, you can give one of those a gamble if you want. How much does it cost? I don't know. Like, can you cash app like like 99 cents? And they'll I'll, I'll DM him and ask and see if we can pull okay. together. How much do you cost? Yeah. Say that yeah. to him. What is it? Give me the number. <laughs> give me the number. I got a blank check. His money. <laughs> Trey Autry on campus today? Yes, apparently, he was. Apparently he is in town. They played Griffin Elite um, at, in Northern Kentucky. Trey Autry is from Syracuse. He has a relationship with Mike Adams Woods. So apparently he um, he was on campus hanging out with Micah today. But th that ship is, I think, sailed. He's committed somewhere else. He's not coming to UC. Uh, and last, predict who redshirts this year. I think Sage redshirts. Yeah, I think he needs a year. That's the end of that mailbag. The last portion of the mailbag, the Banks portion. Of course, Skin's the only one contributing there. Uh, hey, hmm, my boy. Hmm, I feel like this was an effort to avoid my question about hashtag AAC23. Question for Chad. If I can crowdsource a sizable five-figure sponsorship for AAC23, can we get a live from Greenville, North Carolina AAC update from Aaron? Follow-up question. Can you give the Skyline Sliders recipe again? Go back in the podcast if you missed that. Yeah, we already did that. Um, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you produce a five-figure sponsorship, I'll send Aaron to cover games in Greenville. Like multiple games, I think Aaron would do that for a five-figure sponsorship. Depends on if what's going on with the baby. 
You but, can take her with you at that. She's going to be like one at that point. Yeah, it sounds really cool to take the baby to Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, yeah. it's 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 creating memories, Aaron. Right. How is child? Greenville is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for for its true glory outside of a. Uh, Pirate Stadium. I feel like it gets a little rowdy outside of there. There we go. Yeah. I would guess that's a rowdy place. Yeah. And my cousin cousin went there for one year. She decided, nope, transferred to Clemson. So so I I think she made the right move. But uh, yeah, anything else, guys? Big big week ahead. Big week on tap, obviously. Got got three basketball games. Chaminade, Cleveland State. Eastern Kentucky, that'll come to you Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. And then, of course, Friday night, nip at night, Sauce Gardner in attendance, Ryan Royer in attendance. Let's go. The, the ECU Pirates. They, You know what? Bearcats have ECU's number at home. See if we can't continue that. Holt Nailers, the last ride of Holt Nailers. Talk, but, you're getting awful bossy, buddy. <laughs> But that's about uh, I think about all Tonks we got. had a couple of bats himself. I think, I think he so. has. You, you batting it up tonight, Tonk? <laughs> and they weren't the light either. They're definitely those. They're those, full those, flavor. Those Labat heavies. Uh, Labat any, heavy. Anything else, guys? Aaron, Ryan, Jack, nothing. I'm good. Another Get us great, out. great show, guys. Yes, great sir. show. Busy, and... busy, busy week ahead, guys. So, Aaron, let's go talk about 140 points in one game. Yeah, nuts. Let's talk about. Scoring 63 points and losing by two touchdowns. Tanner Mordecai. They're building the statue now. Ten not, touchdowns, nine incompletions for they're Tanner They're not Mordecai. building it at SMU. They're, they're building it at Funland football where they throw the ball every play. Uh, but other than that, guys, another great show. Huge week ahead for Bearcat Sports. So, as always, thank we'll you. We'll have you covered. Brent, we'll you've you got like 10,000 words to write this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway. Um <laughs> Josh. Yeah, that, that put me in a bad mood. Okay, so uh yeah. Uh yet again, guys, thank you for uh for you know Aaron Smith, Chad Brennan, and Ryan Royer. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!